Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I have an issue with Minnesota Timberwolves fans. And I'm a proud Minnesota Timberwolves fan. But I have an issue, and we need to discuss it and talk about it tonight here on the Lake Show. Because I am somebody that I don't care about validation right now with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't. Just win games. That's all that I care about right now. Just win games. Best team in the West right now? Okay, let's roll. Let's keep it up. Let's continue to be productive. But I don't need your damn validation. I say this because Timberwolves fans are severely suffering from the look at us, give us respect syndrome. I'm so over that. This is what I hate, and and we see it 24-7. Some of you are probably out there doing it, and you'll do it tonight if they beat Portland. Is you'll hop on social media and puff out your chest, look at us, look at us. Why aren't y'all talking about us? Why aren't we getting no nationally televised? Sit down and take a chill pill. I, look, I get it, man. I, I want the Timberwolves to win a championship like everybody else. Yeah. I've been through the losing like everybody else. But are we that insecure? I'm dead. We, clearly we are. Because and these are just fans. People I know do it. And I'm like, really? This is what we have to do? Yeah. This is, I mean, the look at us, give us respect syndrome is running rampant with Timberwolves Twitter and Timberwolves fans. Yeah. Like, we haven't won anything. Oh, the Rudy Gobert trade is one of the best that we've ever had in the history. What have we won? Hindsight is twenty twenty with that, by the way. But people, hold on. people were not saying that last year. <laughs> it wasn't great last year, but it's great right now. <laughs> yes. But what have we won? Nothing. Yeah, correct. Give us a damn cookie. This is indefensible, in my opinion. It's indefensible. If you want to say, you know what, we'd love to get some more, some more attention, some more, some more airtime, I totally get that. We all want our favorite athletes. We all want our teams. We want our state to get recognized, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But we're in the middle of a season. And for people to get in their feelings about, well, we're not on national TV enough, or we're not getting talked about enough, or we're not, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Are you one of those people? Uh, well, based on previous conversations, I was. But over the holidays and even honestly through January, I kind of just, up until like a month ago, I kind of pumped the brakes on that just because it's like, 
you know what? Nobody thought we'd have a chance against Memphis two years ago when we were just, you know, back into the swing of things when it comes to playoff basketball. And we brought it to them, and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this. They had it in them. I am more so waiting for the ah factor now. I'm waiting for the April basketball where people are like, ooh, this team is actually for real. Why weren't we talking about these people in November, December, January, February? I'm more so over the because I I've kind of I'm kind of starting to get how media markets work, especially with the ESPN and stuff like that, where it's like LA, Texas, like those big states, those big media markets are going to get publicity every single day. So I'm kind of over it at this point. I get what you're saying though. It's until we make it to it's the next a, until we make it to the next round of a playoff and I'm not talking about a play in a play in tournament and advancing to the first round against uh who was it? Uh, Denver. Until we make it back to the second round we're at square one until we're not. I just I I'm just a little bit surprised that we're that insecure at this point. <laughs> that that's all that's all I'm really trying to say. Like I am literally surprised that we are in this position to where we're that insecure. Like yes. why are we worried about how much attention we get? Like just go win. You you know who's getting you know who 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 and I don't know if they were saying this in Indiana, but you know who was playing really well at the beginning of the year? Was the Indiana Pacers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They were in the playoff, not not playoff, but the uh, the in season uh, championship against the Lakers, yeah. and they lost. They haven't been that great since. Yeah, Tyrese was the talk of the town. Tyrese was the talk. Yeah, but now are people talking about the Indiana Pacers that much? No. And they've added P- Pascal Siakam. Yeah. No one's really talking about them the same way. People, I just people are still talking about Milwaukee, and we've seen Doc Rivers' record as a head coach since he started coaching Milwaukee. Yeah, it's not been good. They're not much to talk about right now. I just, I think that this, I just think that this insecurity that we have with the Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah, it just it bugs me. It it just, I'm over it. It it bugs me. I, I, I just, I'm over it. I want us to get respect. I want us to, to you know, for, for us to get the attention that we deserve. Mm-hmm. But let's not act like we're some we're some franchise with a storied history. And, and I think the referees not making the calls, quote-unquote, didn't help with that situation either. <laughs> I think it almost piled on to that situation where Ant wasn't getting calls from offici- officials and stuff like that. I figured that probably compiled on to the people that were – Oh, the league doesn't want to give us a chance. They don't want to give us a call, but Giannis gets that call nine times out of ten. Why can't Ant? Why is Ant's a star? It's like, come on, man. Nobody's saying Ant's not a star. Let's stop creating the narrative that uh, that that Ant is, you know, a star that's not getting foul calls. Yeah. Like, nobody is singling out this team. Matter of fact, I've seen more. Even today, when I was watching ESPN while I was walking around the apartment doing getting stuff done. They were talking about the Wolves almost every other segment because they're starting to kind of take notice. Who's been the biggest advocate for the Wolves all year long nationally? Kendrick Perkins. Yes. Kendrick Perkins has been talking at nauseum about the Wolves. Mm -hmm. I just don't understand and get why we are so just, oh, my God, they're not not giving (laughs) us any credit. 
it, it's just it, it it does bother me, yeah. as you can tell. It, it bugs me. It totally does bother. Well, me. and I think you know also the the wrong message is being portrayed about the Wolves too. And it's a big factor in the success of this team. But if you wanted to look at the heart of this team and what's really driven their success, Mike freaking Connolly has been a dog this year for the Wolves. But because they're basically. But Rudy's the improvement of Rudy Gobert has been the biggest thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm kind of just. It's, it's a, it is what it is kind of situation with. With people count, counting out the wolves, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. quotes. I got you. Yeah. All right, 651-461-9226. We'll get you updated on Caitlin Clark. She has done it. And also a must-win game tonight for another Minnesota team, not the Minnesota Timberwolves. we get to that next year on the Lake Show. Caitlin Clark, she's done it. She breaks the NCAA women's hoop scoring record. Coming into tonight, she only needed eight points. I don't know where she stands right now, but we know that she's <laughs> she broke it tonight at uh, Carver Hawkeye Arena. Uh, unbelievable accomplishment for her. I'm so happy to uh, and excited to see that she did this. Uh, I think she's a phenomenal athlete. By the way, do you know where her boyfriend is? Her, I don't. Her boyfriend is um, Coach McCaffrey's son. So the um, Coach Fran. Uh, just amazing accomplishment to be able to score that many points. Um, coming into tonight, she has scored three thousand five hundred and twenty points. That that's just that's amazing. That is remarkable mm-hmm. that you are on a scoring pace like that. But they're saying, and I don't think she's going to stay all four years. But they are saying that Juju Watkins, the pace she's on. If she stayed and played for, that she would easily break mm. Caitlin Clark's record. I don't yeah. say easily, but they say that she would break the record. But I would doubt that she would stay in college the entire time. Now, let me say this: there's a debate. People say that Caitlin Clark, because she she could come back and play another year. I don't. I want to see her go pro. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she has anything to prove by staying out here. But it's not about proving something. I think. I think that technically. Because of the COVID stuff, oh, she, yeah. she, could, yeah. she, could, she could come back no, and play. I get that. But this is the deal. Would she make more money NIL. if she went back to Iowa, NIL, yeah. Yeah. than if she went pro? True. That's a legitimate question. It's, it's, how a lot of, it's, the, uh, it's the debacle a lot of athletes are facing. So, you know, I look at that. And I'm doing a quick Google search, and it says, although no specific figures for Clark's Nike deal have been announced, but the total annual projected value for her NIL deals is $800,000. $800,000? not terrible. Go back to Iowa. Yeah. Go back, because she would make, I want to say, if she was the number one pick in the WNBA I want to say she make like what one fifty or something like that, like so top WNBA um, pick salary. No, no, it's it's I guess um, uh, I guess last year 
Aaliyah Boston, she got paid an average annual salary of seventy-seven thousand. Oh boy, yeah. Th- there's this. Is a, it'd be a no-brainer. Caitlin Clark go back to school. Yeah. If indeed she still has eligibility left, like seriously, eighty grand versus eight hundred thousand for NIL. Yeah. Now, now we know that she would make a lot more money. That she's going to make a lot of money once she turns pre- uh, professional. Lot, yeah, there's a lot more endorsements and stuff to come with. That. Yeah, yeah. For, for sure, for yeah. sure. But man, that's that's. That's very, very interesting. That's a lot of money. Good money, man. Good for her. And and I said this from day one. People were so upset about NIL. I said, I love NIL because I do believe that college athletes should be paid for all that they do. And secondly, the biggest benefactors of NIL are going to be women. I, I just totally believe. Like, the, the guys um, have been getting the money under the table $100 handshakes for years. Don't think for one second that the Pony Express existed with SMU, and, and we know why they got the death penalty. There's a lot of shaky stuff. Don't think that for one second that the Boz and Oklahoma, we, we know that all these big major programs, a lot of stuff is happening and still happening. Yep. There's a lot of stuff that's still happening that's not on the books, mm-hmm. that's not above board. With the women's game and women's athletics, I'm so happy these women are getting paid. I totally am. All right, so Caitlin Clark, if you had not heard, uh, she has broken the uh, the women's college basketball scoring record, so I'm so happy for her in that uh, in that regard. I do quickly want to get to a game that's going to be coming up here in the next. Uh, they're going to be tipping off in about 10 minutes. Tonight is a must-win game for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Okay, The men have to win tonight. Let me repeat, the men have to win tonight. Even if this team was to get to 20 wins, it doesn't matter. They got to beat Purdue at Purdue. They have to beat Illinois at Illinois because a couple things. Minnesota Golden Gopher basketball, and I think that there's been some noted improvement this year with Ben Johnson and his team. His program has improved this year. But they had a horrendous non-conference schedule. Beating up on cupcakes ain't going to cut it. They have two terrible things on their resume. They blew a 20-point lead to Missouri at the barn. Can't do that. Missouri's been bad ever since. Missouri's terrible. Okay, in the words of Stephen Asa, terrible. And then they lost to Iowa. They blew a 20-point lead last Sunday. Come on, man, you can't do that. You can't do that. And not only do they lose to Iowa after having a 20-point lead, they get swept in the season series to Iowa. And Iowa's not good this year. Nope. So my point is that for Minnesota to have any chance, and let me be clear about this, because I know that typically what we think is the way that you get into the tournament is you accomplish 20 wins. 20 wins means nothing for the Gophers this year. Yeah, It doesn't. No. You got to beat Purdue. You got to beat Illinois. Yeah, you got Rutgers, Ohio State, Nebraska, oh, yeah. Illinois. You got the ringer, pretty much of Big Ten, te- Big Ten squads coming up here. So, I mean, and it's not like they're not games that they can't win. Like this team is, but at this point, you got to beat more this, than the likes of those teams. Correct. That, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there's yeah. not, there's not. You're not facing the best of the best when it comes to the Big Ten teams 
here on out. If anything, you have an easier stretch of games. Beating Rutgers doesn't impress me. No. Beating Ohio State, who just fired their coach yesterday, doesn't impress yeah. me. Yeah. Winning at Nebraska, yeah. and I know it's a tough place to play. Yeah, but Nebraska likely isn't going to the tournament either. Illinois at Illinois would impress me. Beating Penn State at home would not. Beating Indiana at home, mm, whatever. Then at Northwestern, be quality win. Northwestern's playing Rutgers right now. I just I don't think that there's any real math that says that the Golden Gophers are going to the tournament. Yeah, women have excuses because they lost their best player. That's a different situation. With the men, not so much. You're a Gopher fan. I am passively a Gopher fan. I actually was just talking to Stevie T about this the other day. It was uh, I. The last time I went to a Gophers game, Michael Bauer was the game-winning shot. If that really sets you back for their roster, because that was also when Ben Johnson was a Gopher. Mm. You know. Uh, th- there's a lot of old school names I'll throw out there, but I'm not going to. It, it's but I do. I followed I followed them from afar. I remember I think it was the 12 13 season when they beat Indiana at the bar. I'll never forget it. It's one of their biggest wins in program history. Mm-hmm. This might be up there if they can pull it off. I don't know. Oh no 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 no. Let me say this right now. If the Golden Gophers were to beat Purdue mm-hmm. tonight. This will be the biggest victory for the Gophers in quite some time. Okay. Dead dead serious. Okay. Big time win. Against Purdue's second, I think, in the country right now, two. right? Yep, number two. Yeah, that'd be big time. I wish it was at the barn. That'd be electric. But No, it, it actually mean, <laughs> it means more if they were to do it on the road. Yeah, do it, go in their house. Do what, the, do what the Wolves did to the Clippers this past week and just walk into their house and slap them in the face. Uh, what do you think is the... Um, the wagering line on this game. Mm. Points. What do you guess? Um, Quickly. Negative or minus three. For who? I think I think Purdue is favored like minus three. I'm going to go. It's a close one. You think that's the Vegas line? Potential. Don't count the Gophers out, man. <laughs> the Vegas line. 16 and a half. Yeah, of course it is. Anyway. 16 and a half. Where would you come up with three? Mm-hmm. What about the Gophers has suggested that they are three-point dogs? The fact that Ben Johnson about two months ago was facing himself getting fired from his program? What about the <laughs> Gophers program tells you that they're three-point <laughs> underdogs to Purdue at Purdue after they just blew a 20-point lead against That's, Iowa? Okay, now that you factored, yeah, I guess you're right. I'm too worried about the other, the Wolves game. Tonight, you're man. so you're so bad at this. <laughs> you're so bad at this. I'm just joking. All right, six five one four six one nine two two six. Let's talk some football with Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. We'll do that next. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. On call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. CBS, Jim Nance, and Tony Romo with the final call there with the uh, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They defeated the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58. And joining us now to talk some football is Matthew Collar, the Purple Insider himself. Uh, Matthew, what did you make of the game on Sunday, man? Well, I thought that uh, the lead-up to the game was boring and the conversations after have been boring. But the actual 60 minutes of National Football League football was tremendous. Uh, I mean, just two teams throwing haymakers at each other greatness all over the field, twists and turns to that game. Both quarterbacks, I thought, really played their butts off. I mean, just, you know, it comes down to overtime in the Super Bowl. What more could you dream of from a football game, uh, especially the second half? The first half, you know, is a little bit boring. As I was just about to say, but, I was not but, impressed in the first half. No, that's true, but, you know, that's happened a lot of times. Yep. You go back to, like, some of those, uh, even those Patriots Super Bowls. Like, it's not always fireworks. Um, but still, you know, second half, uh, I don't know if it's like the best Super Bowl of all time, but uh, definitely made it one of the most compelling down the stretch. And of course, you, you know, you have Mahomes and trying to slay the dragon and all that stuff. So I thought that the actual football game had a lot of moments that we're going to talk about for a really long time. But I just am not compelled to compare Mahomes to Brady, kind of boring to me. Like, oh, who's the GOAT? I don't know. And uh, as far as, like, should they have kicked it or not kicked it? Well, you're playing against Patrick Mahomes. You probably would have lost either way. Uh, I didn't have a huge problem with them kicking off. Apparently that's been a controversy that I just can't really get into. So, I don't know. I, I thought it was. I thought it was a great game, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the the second half and the way that it ended made up for everything in the first half. The first th- the first half, I just wasn't impressed with anything. It was just a sloppily played game. Although, I mean, both teams are really good, and I agree with you. Like the, the game was ended up being great. I thought the quarterbacks played just fine. I had no issue there. I agree with you too, because um, so many people have been outraged at what took place in terms of the, you know, kicking the ball or taking the ball first. and all. I, I actually didn't have that much of an issue with it. I mean, it's just so funny about football, and it's one of the reasons I love it, that the tiniest things can completely shape narratives. They had fourth and one, and Patrick Mahomes runs it for 20 yards. Yep. If he gets stuffed, they ran it at Nick Bosa. If he gets stuffed by Nick Bosa there and, and Bosa reads the play and takes it down the backfield – then we never talk about that again. I mean, the Chiefs had not scored. What did they score? One touchdown in the game before that, or something? I mean, it really like yep. they had. Not it was off. The, it was exactly off. It was off the muff punt. Yeah. Yep. Right. They had not exactly dominated offensively, so I could see where. All right, if we hold a field goal, 
And, look, Andy Reid has his problems sometimes in the red zone. We hold him to a field goal. We get the ball back with a chance to win the game. And, you know, the analytics people of the National Football League worked very hard on this to try to come up with an overtime that was fair. And they did all sorts of numbers, and they tried to run a 10,000 you know, simulations with all sorts of different factors, and they came up with this. And I respect it because I think that this is the overtime we should always have and should have always had in the NFL, especially in the playoffs. And I thought it was about as fair of an opportunity for both teams as you got. And if it works out slightly different, then we're not even talking about it. Kyle Shanahan's a Super Bowl champ, but that's, you know, that's the game is that Mahomes is this close to not having any Super Bowls and instead he has three because that's just how it's worked out. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that the criticism, though, of Shanahan and his 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 players not necessarily knowing the uh, mechanics of how the overtime operated in terms of the decision on the front end, do you think there's legitimate criticism there? Yeah, I don't know because like they did exactly what he wanted. I mean, he told Fred Warner, if we win it, then we take the ball. Mm-hmm. So they got that part of it. And there was nothing about the way that they played that would have been any different had every single player understood the rules perfectly. Now, I do think that it was noticeable that Kansas City's players were all over what they wanted to do. And, you know, that it's just funny. Like, they thought they had the right thing. Kyle Shanahan had the right thing. Probably nobody did. It's probably if you played a 1,000 games just like this, it's 50-50 over the long, long haul. And, you know, just this one didn't work out. But if if somebody had done something crazy or stupid because they didn't know the rules, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, I would have been like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. But otherwise, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things, a lot of things that players don't know because they're so focused on what their specific job is. And I think, I mean, game strategy is probably one of those things in general. Like, that's the coach, that's the analytics people, that's the, the rest of the coaching staff that they're going to make that decision. And I understood the logic of it. And the other thing that nobody seemed to have brought up is that the defense was just on the field forever on a long drive from Kansas City, and they had been worn down. And I thought that might have factored into the decision as well. Like, hey, our our defense has been out there, and we're going to send them right back out after they've been on the field for a long time. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very similar to the Dan Campbell fourth down thing, where Shanahan went for a fourth down, they got it, no one talked about it. If a decision doesn't go right, then everyone slams everybody involved. If it goes right, then we never talk about it again. So I just I just have trouble. I thought that they had logic there, so I have trouble being overly critical of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. We're talking to Matthew Collar, the Purple Insider, here on the Lake Show, News Talk 830-WCCO. I want to read you a quote. Uh, this morning I relieved Steve Wilkes of his duties uh, we're going to end up making a change here, defensive coordinator, a really tough decision because it really says nothing about Steve as a man or as a football coach. I mean, he's exactly what we wanted as a man. He is a great football coach. That's the words of Niners coach Cal Shanahan. It just, it just seems that Steve Wilkes is the, the fall guy here with, with, with coming out of the Super Bowl loss. What, what do you make of, of Wilkes getting fired? Do you think that that was the appropriate? Or do you, what do you make of that decision? So it's funny, right? Because last week when you and I talked, we both agreed that like something wasn't right there with Steve Wilkes and that defense. Because in the past, Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans seemed to just have that defense on point. And what happened against Detroit and what happened against Green Bay would not have happened with those guys in charge because they had largely the same amount of talent. And so 
I don't know what exactly wasn't right there, but it was something. And you could tell when they played the Vikings, it was something. You could tell in the playoffs, something's not right. Like whether the players don't understand what they're being taught or the play calls are off or, you know, maybe they're asking Steve Wilkes to play a system that other guys, you know, invented, which is really hard to do. Um, but I, I don't know. Something wasn't right. All year long, I was looking at San Francisco's defense and saying, this is not the impenetrable group that we've seen before. And for the first half, they were. And I thought, well, I guess I, I was completely wrong about this. And then in the second half, you know, there was adjustments made by Kansas City clearly with their offense that Steve Wilkes did not have a counterpunch for. And Mahomes just completely annihilated them in the second half. So I get it. I get it because I, this is one where if you weren't paying attention to San Francisco's defense throughout the season, yeah. you'd be like, what the hell? They were in the Super Bowl and they played pretty well. But if you were watching it play out through the whole season, it was clear that Wilkes and Shanahan were not on the same page. And the smoking gun to me was when Wilkes came out before, like after they reached the Super Bowl and criticized his players for not trying hard enough. I was like, what is going on here? I've never seen that in my life. A team makes a Super Bowl, and the coordinator comes out and criticizes his players' effort. It was very bizarre, I think, for the whole season, and I was not actually shocked to see that happen. You know, when you look at that game, there were um, missed opportunities across the board, and there was a lot that happened in that game. But I think that one of the biggest moments to me in that game was was and clearly we know that when the Chiefs get the football coming out in the second half, that they're you know I mean they've always had this identity that they get the football coming out of halftime and they're going to go down and they're more likely than not going to get points right. That did not happen. They had to punt the football, and the Forty ers had great field position. They were not no 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 they didn't punt they didn't punt they they threw an interception. That was when that was when Mahomes threw the interception coming out of the uh, the second half. For them to not get points out of that possession. I, that really hurt. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. And, and like, I got to say that I kind of thought that the Chiefs were surprisingly choking early on, and they were kind of freaking out. And I, they were doing, like, their best Dallas Cowboys. And that was a moment in the game, but there were several times where the Chiefs gave back San Francisco the ball, and they got a field goal instead of a touchdown. And you're like, that's not going to work here like you got you got to take advantage of every single moment that, that you have a chance I also thought that you know Dre Greenlaw getting hurt was another yeah. part of it if we're talking about if we're talking about uh, you know game-changing plays that when when he gets hurt that's one of the best players in the league yep. and then his backup I think the numbers were something like they threw it his backup nine times and completed every single pass because I mean honestly who has a backup that's going to be able to take that guy uh, you know, to that guy's role. And of course, Andy Reed is going to attack that backup player right away. Uh, there was, there was a lot of, you know, those moments where uh, both teams sort of had a chance to kind of break out and neither could, and that's what made it a great game. The other thing is too, how many just awesome performances were in this game. Nick Bosa was unbelievable. I mean, just completely dominant uh, for the majority of the game. Trent McDuffie on the other side, Chris Jones, how close is Brock Purdy to ending that game two or three different times? But Chris Jones comes in. Um, it was one of those truly like Mahomes is going to get all of the attention for winning the Super Bowl. Harrison Bucker. Everybody. Harrison Bucker. Like he was yeah. awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was unbelievable. All right, so so let me ask you a few other NFL-related um, items outside of the Super Bowl um, because we know who won the game, and we all we, we, we talked enough about that game. But uh, former Minnesota Vikings coach Mike Zimmer has a new job, defensive coordinator with the uh, Dallas Cowboys. How much better will the Cowboys be defensively, in your your opinion? Well, they were top five this last year, and and I mean, so you know that just really speaks to their talent, and they're coming off having a really good defensive mind in Dan Quinn. But I think in the playoffs, what you saw was that Dan Quinn really liking to use undersized players came back to bite him when he faced a team that was really good at running the football. I promise you Mike Zimmer's not going to let teams run the football like that. Like that's going to be, that's always one of the things with Zimmer. And what I know about Mike is he may be old and he may be stodgy and he may be a a little different personality than Dan Quinn, like majorly different. But uh, what I know is that he always is ahead of the game. Like, he's always been a guy who's adjusted and adapted on defense. And so we can't conflate his attitude sometimes and his age with his advancements in the game, which he's always been that kind of guy. That's why Bill Parcells liked him from the start. That's why he was so successful in Cincinnati and in part why he was so successful with the Vikings. I think he's really good at shape-shifting how he understands defenses, what offensive trends are, and how to take them away. And I think with that amount of talent that Dallas has, which is just through the roof, they're probably going to add some typical Zimmer players. I think they're going to probably go out and get a real nose tackle to try to stop the run. They could be the best defense in the league next year. I mean, I would not be shocked at all. And I think it's great for Mike. I mean, how it ended here was bad, and there's no question about that. But the accumulation of Zimmer's time here had a lot of success, and I think he's still a great defensive coach. Uh, who I wouldn't be surprised if that makes a difference for them, you know, as a team that's underachieved so many times. Or if they struggle out of the gate, they've got their interim head coach, I guess. <laughs> Let me ask you this about um, Geno Smith, who I'm a fan of. I like Geno Smith. Um, I know his story. It took him a while to get going in the National Football League, but it just, he just seems like a class act as, as a guy. Uh, he's been through the, uh, the the battles and the and the wars and stuff like that, and he's on the other side of all of that stuff. And I think that he had a, a decent season with the Seattle Seahawks. I'm just a fan of his. So he has um, he is going to remain on this team through at least next week, where he's due to get what 12.7 million dollar base salary guaranteed becomes fully fully guaranteed uh, on Friday. So now it looks like there's another $9.6 million roster bonus that's due on March the 18th and a $200,000 uh, workout bonus. So in all, he is going to get $22.5 million, which actually is going to rank him 18th amongst quarterbacks, according to uh, Spot Track. My question for you is this. It doesn't mean necessarily that he's 100% going to be back with the Seattle Seahawks. If I'm the Seattle Seahawks, I wouldn't move on from Geno Smith quite yet, but it sounds like there could be some thoughts about them going and getting a quarterback. If they if they were to move on from Geno Smith, is he the type of person that if you were the Vikings that you would think about bringing in here? Or is he somebody that if, if Seattle's looking to try to move him in the next month or so, that if they wanted a later-round pick, let's say like a, um, a, a third- or fourth-round pick, would you even – look at yourself as trading for a guy like him. 
Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, if the Vikings were moving on from Kirk Cousins and Geno Smith was available at that price, uh, it would probably be a yes for me. Um, it, it to, but it would have to go along with still drafting someone, which is I think what Seattle probably wants to do. But if you were to pair him with, say, like Bo Nix or something or JJ McCarthy, then I'm into it. But if not, then it feels very Kirkian, right? It feels like, and I, I have great respect for Geno, just like you. I love the Geno Smith story, and he's got more arm talent than Kirk Cousins, but uh, much more you know, ups and downs with him as well. Yep. I mean, it feels like you'd be having the 12th to 15th best quarterback in the league again for a short-term option. Yeah, At a lesser okay. price. At a much lesser a, price. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And I, I think that there could be some dimes dropped from that man down the field. I mean, he, he really has a ludicrous arm. So if you were if you were doing that, like you could stay competitive while also trying to find your future quarterback as well. I'd be into that idea. I think there's a lot of sort of bridge quarterback ideas that I would accept. Tom Pelissero brought up Sam Darnold. I'm like, okay, well, as long as you're pairing it with drafting a quarterback for the future, and this isn't your complete answer, Sam I Darnold? can get into it. But <sighs> yeah, no, I'm into that. I'm into that. I mean, think about like how bad Sam Darnold had the situations when he started his career. Adam Gase, Matt Rule, it's been horrific. Yeah. Like I as a as just a bridge quarterback, if you draft somebody that needs development time, you could play a guy with big arm. Like, all right, let's go for it. But not as like your franchise quarterback, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Hey Matthew, always a pleasure to have you on the show, my man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Henry. Sounds good. All right, take care. This is Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. Check out his fine work. Uh I'm always happy to have Matthew Collar here on the radio on News Talk 830 WCCO. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up Hour 2 next. All right, he threw me off guard. I wasn't sure if we had time. I was just going out the show sheet, my guy. If you got enough time to get to headlines, oh, yeah. do we'll, it. We'll, we'll pump this out. Uh, let's do it. Have you heard of a store called Target? I uh, never heard of it. Target is creating its cheapest in-store brand as consumers are squeezed due to inflation and all these different... Uh, What's inflation? <laughs> I'm just joking. Jeez. Uh, they're taking aim at a budget-conscious uh, budget conscious customers with a new inexpensive brand with prices for everyday basics with a brand called Deal Worthy. And uh, it looks like it's supposed to hit stores here in the next uh, couple months. Uh, as, as, Deal as tr- Worthy. Deal Worthy. So, so so basically what it is is it's, it's like Market Pantry and Good and Gather. Yeah. It's, it's, Deal it's, Worthy. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. Yeah. Look. The more options for people, the better. Because can we just be clear about this? People have been have been getting gouged here the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. So so we Target says we have a solution. We're going to try to work on it. We're going to try to fix it, and I appreciate that. Yes, yes, they are trying to keep people happy. Um, let's move on to the next one. If you uh, heard uh, the news off and on throughout the day today. The Basilica Block Party is coming back. It's back, baby, but it's is reloc- it really? It's re- uh, relocating to Boom Island Exactly. Park. So how, how do we call it the Basilica Block Party? <laughs> but it's not going to be at the Basilica anymore. What's going on it's here? The, it's the Boom Island Block Party. Yes. Yes, August 2nd to the 3rd. This summer, you can enjoy plenty of music in, a, in an event that has just been kicked down the road several times. Since COVID hit, uh, it returned to smaller crowds in 21 before it went on hiatus in 22, but it is back in full force this summer. 
And uh, yeah, I'm not I've never been, but I know it's one of the biggest events that this city has when it comes to summertime. It's been musicals. a long time since I've been to the Basilica Block Party, clearly, but it just. I, I feel a little dirty calling this the Basilica Block Party. <laughs> I mean, I'm dead serious. I mean, Boom Island, that's, a, that's got a kick to it. Boom Island Block Party. Yeah, but like, I mean, but they're not calling it the Boom Island Block should, Party. They, well, they should. I, I'm going to announce that right now. Uh, it's like, what is the weirdest thing that you've ever heard of found in a passenger's luggage? Weirdest thing? Like, strangest item you've ever heard of found in luggage before? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so, a body part. <laughs> Apparently, mummified monkeys were found in luggage oh, at the I was Lo- close. <laughs> yes, at the Boston Logan Airport, uh, revealed dead and dehydrated bodies of four monkeys. Uh, agents uh, found uh, was brought into the U.S. for its own cons- uh, consumption. That's not the right. Uh, I don't know what they were trying to say there. Consumption uh, raw or minimally processed meat from wild animals, sometimes referred to as bush meat, is banned in the U.S. because of the threat. Of disease, so I could see how a lot of people were probably uh, not too thrilled about uh, about that that whole situation. But mm-hmm. yeah, apparently, you, apparently, you can bring mummies to the airport and feel okay with possibly trying to get through security. Yeah, it doesn't seem like this should be a thing. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. It that, doesn't yeah. seem like that should be necessarily a thing. Yeah, that's uh, not – that doesn't sound very fun. Uh, and a letter note real quick. we got about uh, a minute here. Uh, yep. There is an event uh, to ensure that widows aren't forgotten on Valentine's Day here in the Twin Cities. Caring Cupid's work to ensure widows aren't forgotten uh, by visiting uh, – it's, it's the Valentine's Day Widow Outreach Project, and uh, it's in Hutchinson, Minnesota. A uh, lot of uh, – I guess workers, I'm trying to find the right term here, mm-hmm. uh, of that program, uh, visited said widows through volunteer work to deliver flowers, gifts, and chocolates to those who have lost their husbands in the last year. Mm. Got to keep the love. Got to keep the love for Shed those people. Shed a love, man. Yeah, yes. man. Yes. That, that's something that should actually happen here as well. That, that sounds like a good yes. idea. I'm just, what, what? Why give me that look? Like, I, no, I, I wasn't meaning I it forget, that way. I forget, yeah. I wasn't meaning We know that what you mean. <laughs> oh, Gophers man. are losing. Yeah, they're losing. I told you that. All right, coming up next, let's talk to Jesse Pierce, Bar Down Beauty's podcast, NHL.com. Talk some Minnesota Wild Hockey next year on The Lake Show. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 